Welcome, welcome all to Brews and Banter FC. I'm Redbeard, joined by the one and only Targo. Today we're diving into the EPL Mid-Season Madness. Sip on your favorite brew as we recap the highlights, pick our team of the seasons so far, and shine a spotlight on the players to watch. Absolutely. Plus, we've got the inside scoop on the hottest storylines shaping the EPL. It's all here. Football banter with a side of your favorite brews. And of course, we're not just talking about history. We're predicting the future. Champions, dark horses, and the teams that are staring relegation in the face. Grab your pint and settle in for Brews and Banter FC, because a new episode starts right now. What is going on, man? How was your Christmas? I see you're smiling. You're drinking some brews. What do you got, man? Well, first, I mean, the holidays are fantastic. I got to see my whole family. It's been a while, so it's good to see them. I know you did a bunch of traveling, saw your family. I did. I was uh, Arizona and Florida, man. Arizona, Florida, left the cold, went to the warm. It was fun. Enjoyed it. Had lots of brews down in florida there went to a couple breweries got some the, uh, most popular match in premier league history in liverpool and arsenal <laughs> yep i did watch that one it was funny i was watching that one and the bartender was a west ham fan so we had it on in the background but he's probably real happy uh, after the result today but we'll talk about that at a later point at a later point yeah but yeah, how how was yours the the drive over? I know you you had a yeah, treacherous yeah. drive there. Hot in the blizzard, pass closed, waited four hours. Finally what? got there, nine and a half hour drive. <laughs> Never fun, but made it back, and now we're here. Sounds I'm terrible. Excited. I'm excited because we got beer, and we got football to talk about, and it's been crazy. But this is my favorite episode because it's opinion based, hundred percent, and it's prediction, man. So. Mid-season, man. What are you drinking today, my friend? I got a couple drinks. First, a little, little tequila there. Nice. And then I'm drinking Deschutes. Farmstead Fresh Mango IPA. Ooh. Nice. We'll see. Never like had it. Can. That's pretty cool. And it's kind of a cool can, like a little melting hop there, huh? Yeah. That is pretty good. I like it. I like it a lot. I like it a um, lot. I'll it, give it. Is it a hazy? No, no, it is not. Wow. Okay. India Pale Ale, man, just straight up. Okay. I'd give this a good eight and a half. Very reminiscent of your favorite mango cart. Oh, uh, oh yeah, I guess so, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Watch it down a little tequila too. There you go. Well, today I got an actual pint of beer. 19.2 fluid ounces. This one is 8.7%. We got from Red Hook Brewing, the Hazy Big Ballard Imperial IPA. Yeah, sure. You betcha. That's what it says on the can. Does it really? Yeah. Yeah, sure. You betcha. Well, have you had this one before? I have not. I don't even know Red Hook made an IPA. So, 
There you go. And now they have a hazy. I'm not going to lie. It's pretty good. It's not as strong of a flavor as I thought. Especially since Red Hook makes very flavorful beers. But I would, I'd probably give this a solid 7.8. 7.8. Not bad. Yeah. Not bad. Yeah. Um, if I had a choice between that and something I didn't like, I would choose that. Well, if you had that and something you didn't like. It would be my first choice. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Let's get into it, man. Mid-season. It's all the fun stuff. You get to do team of the seasons, worst team of the season. Recently, ESPN came out with a disappointing team of the year. In goal, they have Andre Onana. Right back, um, Reese James. Center backs, Eric Dyer and Josco Gavardio. Left back, Mark Cucurea. In the midfield, midfield three of Mason Mount, Enzo Fernandez, Calvin Phillips, and a front three of Anthony, Mihailo Mudrik, and Marcus Rashford. What are your thoughts on these, man? Any any ones you'd change out? I don't know if I would necessarily change them out, but there are definitely people to give these players a run for their money. Uh, I mean, we'll just go, we'll start with goalie. I mean, okay. Andre Onana, yes, he's been terrible. But, I mean, as, if you want to go with disappointing teams so far, I mean, you could go with Robert Sanchez as well, who's been benched after signing from Brighton. Same could be maybe said Ramsdale, Raya. Yeah, I mean, I don't really, like, Robert Sanchez was terrible. That's why he got benched. Onana, well, they don't have a suitable backup, so they're not going to bench him. Ramsdale didn't do anything wrong. Yes, he's done things wrong since they benched him, essentially. But he didn't really do anything wrong to be benched. So I I don't think I would put him quite in that category. It's most disappointing, maybe in more of the makes-no-sense category. You know who's actually been pretty disappointing for me? Hmm. Is uh, Burnley's goalkeeper. Trafford. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, especially after the was it under twenty one World Cup? Yeah, he the hype moving from Man City, yeah. yeah. I think I think he might be in there, but I I'm fine with Onana, if I'm being honest. <laughs> yeah, I am too. I I mean he's been terrible this season, so I, I have no problems with that. Reese James, no issue whatsoever. The guy can't, guy can't play more than two games through a full game. Eric Dyer, I mean if we're picking players that don't play, sure. Josco Gavardial, probably the biggest fall from grace I've ever seen. I, mean, I don't guys, know, man. I don't know if he quite deserves them. to be in there. He, I mean, if you think of the way he was talked about during the World Cup and the rest of his season all the way through to the end of last season and then signing with City and the way he's played for City, yes, he's been playing out of position. But they have not got anywhere near what they thought they were getting. I would say maybe a Rafael Varane. Yeah. Maybe even, uh, oh, who did I just have? Oh, Christian Romero, maybe? Yeah. Definitely. With all of his red cards, and now he's hurt, not playing. So, I, you know, obviously when he was partnered with Vandeven, they were fantastic. But Oh, yeah, because Vandeven made up for him. And his reckless tackles. So, so I, I think Josco Gavardio is a little harsh. Yeah. 
I mean, but, you think of what you thought you were getting at Man City versus what you've seen on the pitch. I would I, say yeah, that, that is true. I mean, disappointing. But if you're talking about just disappointing in general, because he hasn't been, played terribly. He hasn't played, and he's kind of playing out of position in left yes, back. He is. So, yeah, I I tend to agree with you on that one. I would probably put Romero in there. Let's be honest. I mean, he's missed half Tottenham's games. All right, left so left back. back. Mark Kukurea, easy choice. Easy choice. I mean, yeah. big money signing, was that last January for Chelsea? Something like that. Something like that. Summer, whatever it was. He's had like three good games in all of the games he's played for Chelsea. I mean, Zinchenko probably, compared to last season, the way he's playing this season, you probably could say he's been very disappointing. But Kukurea by far. Yeah, no Zinchenko worse. has, man, he gets exposed. That's for Especially sure. Especially when you get a solid winger against him that likes to dribble at him. He gets burned every time. I mean, we were saying about Ben White last season. He's seemingly cleaned that up a bit, or he gets more help. Zinchenko's just exposed every single time. Mason Mount, I got no, no problem there. Nope, me neither. Yeah. Enzo Fernandez, he's had some good games. Um, I know you have on here Casemiro. I think I'm throwing Casemiro on there, I man. I probably would throw Casemiro on there in front of Enzo because Enzo's had no help. And he hasn't played terribly. So. Maybe even a Matias Nunez? Yeah, maybe. Um, and when we get into this next one, I mean, you also have Kovacic for Chelsea. Uh, well, City. Chelsea for City, who hasn't really done anything either. But Which yeah, leads me to Calvin Phillips. Instead of Calvin Phillips. I mean, how is a guy disappointing if he's never on the pitch? <laughs> I guess that's the disappointing part. <laughs> Stry- uh, let's go right wing, Anthony. I mean, you could put his counterpart, Jaden Sancho, on there. But I know you. You want to stick with Anthony. I, I do, but also, <laughs> like, Jaden Sancho hasn't been on the field, like, at all. And they paid more than they paid for Anthony. So... I don't think so. I think they paid more for Anthony than Jaden Sancho. I thought they paid a hundred mil for Jaden Sancho, or hundred and two, and they paid like ninety two for Anthony. Mm, I don't think they paid that much for Sancho. Either way, they're both very disappointing and a waste of money. Let's they are hundred percent. And then Mihailo Mudrik, yeah, disappointing. He's been doing a little bit better and seemingly kind of getting into that Chelsea offense, but. For the most part, he's been terrible. So, and then striker Marcus Rashford, yeah, duh. I mean, what what a what, fall, dude! Plus. Like he's been terrible. He's been awful. Two goals, two assists so far this season. And I'll I'll get into Marcus Rashford a little bit later, but yeah. some other ones you could put: Nico Jackson, Darwin Nunez. What I will say about Nico Jackson is at least he's got stats to make it seem like he's not quite a disappointment. I think he's scored quite a few goals. You watch him play, and you know he's a disappointment, yes. though. <laughs> yes. Yes. And then Darwin Nunez, yeah, you just got to watch his highlight reel of open goal misses, and, you know, you're like, yeah. how does He'll he be there score? for hours watching him. He, he should be. He should have, like, 25 goals already. <laughs> he, sh- he should be he Liverpool's should. top goal scorer. Yeah, he should be over Mo Salah right now with the chances he gets, man. Ugh, that's yeah. funny. Well, since we talked about ESPN, those were ESPN's disappointing team of the season. Let's get to our 
Bruising Banter FC, Redbeard Targo. Team of the season so far. Let's do it. All right, man, you go first. Let me know. Who do you got in goal for your team of the season? All right. So before we get started, I went with a 3-5-2. 3-5-2. Interesting. Okay. Um, Because I couldn't just do two center backs. One guy I couldn't leave out. And then I couldn't really pick a definitive, like, are the left back and right back better than the center back? I'm also I, guessing there's no wing backs. It's a legit just three center backs. Yep. yep. <laughs> okay. Three center mids, two wingers, two strikers. So in goal, I went Allison because Liverpool would not be in first come the midway point of the season without it. Hands down. I understand Vicario is probably going to be yours. Yep, uh, he is. And he's been phenomenal. I, honestly, I could go either one. Like I, yeah, I I picked Allison because of if he doesn't have as many big saves as he does, Liverpool wouldn't be top of the table and their top of the table. So go with whoever's making their team the best. Unfortunately, Vicario is just saving things, and Tottenham are still losing games. So, uh, yeah. So Vicario, I assume, is yours, like you said. Yeah, go ahead and give me your whole team, and then I'll okay. go through mine. Uh, in front of Vicario, let's segue into that. And the guy I couldn't leave out, and he's impressed me so much this season, is Mickey Vanderbilt. Before he got hurt, man, I would say he was probably the best center back in the Premier League. I wouldn't call now him the best, hurt. but he was up there for sure. He, yeah, he so was I impressive. Could, I couldn't leave him out, is what I'm saying. And then the other two best center backs in the league this year, guy that you last season said you didn't rate very highly, Virgil van Dyke. He's been back in his best form this season. And then William Saliba, because same token. He is the best defender be, in the Premier League. <laughs> I, I agree with that, and I do think he is the best defender in the Premier League. But Virgil van Dijk this season has given him a run for his money. I would say he's better. I can admit he's better than last season. Yes. Center midfield, three center mids. We'll start with... The inevitable Declan Rice. The man has been consistent all season. I think he's had one bad game, and that was recently against West Ham. Wasn't the greatest, but then again, the whole Arsenal squad weren't. Secret agent, man. Secret agent. Yeah. (laughs) Dominic Sabotsloy. That's my other one. Man, this guy is, he's been on fire all season. It's like they didn't sell anyone from their midfield, or their midfield is essentially a prime Liverpool midfield. It's great. I don't think if Thiago was even healthy that he would even make it close to the squad because of it. He's got Alexis McAllister on the bench because of it. He's coming back from injury. Yeah. And then the ever-present John McGinn. John McGinn, the Villa man. Okay. He is everywhere. Like, I swear to God, you watch a game and he's everywhere. I don't know if he actually is a center mid because you see him on the wing, you see him up front, you see him in defense i don't know what position he's playing but he's everywhere how the guy has a motor like that i'll never know he's a pit bull too in that midfield that i love watching him play i'll be completely honest with you right wing mo salah duh sorry sorry (laughs) bukayo it's got mo salah's been better this year yeah left wing even though he hasn't been playing there jared bowen man if he I told you he had left many, wing. he's he's a right winger or a striker, it seems like yeah, right now for West Ham. He's been playing 
Like the way West Ham's playing, their top, their front three just interchange. They go everywhere. So I had to put him on there because if I told you that he had the same amount of goals as Hyung Sun Min right now in this point of the season, would you have a fantastic me? season, Jerbo? Yeah. And yeah, yeah, he is. And then I win a little. Uh, I mean, everyone's normal choice would be Erling Brut Holland, but I did not choose him for my team of the season so far because. Has he really had any standout performances this season? Maybe top goal scorer in the league. Yeah, in the top offense in the league. So I went with Ollie, Ollie Watkins. He's been fantastic all season. And then the surprise himself, Dominic Solanke, who is second in Premier League scoring with 12 goals. So don't get me wrong. They both, Ollie Watkins, Dominic Solanke, have been doing fantastic. But to have them over Erling Holland, nah, nah, man. I'll tell you the reason why. You're nuts. Both of them have a better all-around game than Erling Holland does. Erling Holland scores goals. That's what he's paid to do, man. <laughs> yeah, but Ollie Watkins plays defense, passes the ball, breaks up play, interchanges with his wingers. I will say Ollie Watkins does a good job of running the channels. Yeah, and then Dominic Solanke. I don't even know what's going on with him this season. He is ten times better than he has been in any season, including playing ever. <laughs> Ever. Ever. So, he's automatic in my team of the season. Okay. How about well, you, my friend? I'll go to mine. So, as I mentioned, or you mentioned, my goalkeeper is Vicario. Again, I kind of want to be different. I saw you had Allison. I have to go Vicario. I mean, like you said, I, it's a toss-up. Man. It really is. I think if Van de Ven in that defense, he'd probably be getting a lot more help. Tottenham might be doing a little better, conceding a few less goals. But even just in that game against Brighton, man, he was stopping goals left, right, center. They they should have conceded eight goals instead of four. Yeah. But my lineup, I didn't do your your weird three five two. <laughs> I did a four three three. My right back, I have Kieran Trippier. Newcastle's been a little bit of a slump, and he even I'll admit Trippier against Everton had a god awful game. Yeah, he. I mean, he's had a few sitters recently and that's why i couldn't put him on mine just because he's up until the last couple of weeks he was great. well i'll tell you why he is on mine he is the assist leader right now in the or premier league tied for him yeah yep so he's in mine my center back pairing they were the best defense in the league <laughs> still are still are okay yep. nope not quite liverpool's a little better but i had saliba and gabrielle they were the best. I think they're the best center back duo at Liverpool. It's Van Dyke and who? Kanate? My tips out for the season. Kwanzaa. I wall and hope it sticks, I guess. I <laughs> so I went with Gabrielle and Saliba. Call me bias against Virgil Van Dyke. I don't care because I am. <laughs> Left back. I went Destiny Udogi. Okay. I mean, I can see why you'd put him in there. He is fun He's to watch, great, man. He's a fantastic season, yeah. player. That left back position is honestly is pretty tough. I mean, you look at the league. Liverpool, okay, Andy Robertson hasn't been playing. He's out. Yeah. At Arsenal, Sinchenko, no thank you. Yeah. Villa, I could okay, I could go look at Digne. Yeah, he's had a great season. City, City again. Nathan Ake, Josko Gavardial, more and center backs. Be, and they're center backs, so Luke Shaw, maybe, but he's been injured most of the season. Same with uh, Pervis Estupinian. 
for Brighton. Yeah. I'm a fan of his. But I went Destiny Udogi. Right. My yeah. midfield three, obviously Declan Rice. Mm-hmm. I went with Dominic Zabuzalai. And this is where I contemplated, man. This third midfielder. I did not know who to pick. I was like, do I put Rodri or Bernardo Silva or... I went a little outside. This one's probably my, my one weird one. I went Douglas Luiz. I, I don't think it's weird at all. The way he's been playing this season, where Villa is in the table. I mean, I it was a toss-up between Douglas Luiz and John McGinn. So, I, I completely understand why you have him in there. Rodri has been oddly inconsistent this season when well, he's, he's been on the pitch. Oh, quite a bit. That red card, couple injuries. Had a big mistake here in this last game against Everton. Yeah. So yeah, I went with Douglas Luiz. I think when he's not in that squad, Aston Villa are not as good. It's that simple. How it is. My front three, right wing, Mo Salah. Duh. Guy's killing it. Yep. Left wing, I went I went with Sun Hing Min. Understandable. I mean, again, Jared Bone and him are tied on goals scored, and I think they have about the same in assists, so it's toss up between the two of them. But And then I did go with the robot, the first of his name, scorer of goals, winner of trebles, Erling Holland. Trophy is my striker. You know, he, he just won a World Cup. A club what? World Cup. but And he just won a club a World, World Cup. Cup. There you go. Without even playing in it. <laughs> but he currently has 14 goals, and he hasn't even played in a in a while, so that is my team of the season. Let us know what you guys think. Am I mad to have Douglas Louise in there? Am I mad to leave out Erling Holland out of my team of the season? I would say yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's my opinion. But let us know on our Facebook, guys. Make sure you're joining our Facebook group, Bruce and Banter FC. But let's move on. So we're going to say who our player of the season is so far. Midway through the season. Redbeard, who do you got, man? Well, I'll tell you, I will almost guarantee that they're both from the same team. I will say Potentially. that. Potentially. Potentially. I mean, Liverpool, top of the table to start the new year, or halfway point of the season at least. Best defense, because Arsenal you know, has been leaky of late. I'm going to go with Allison, man. Goalkeepers don't get enough credit. He is their general. He is the one that keeps the ball out of the net. He's been fantastic at it this season. I think something like, you know, bona fide goal scoring opportunities. He saved like 21 of them or something like that. Something crazy. He's and fantastic. Mo Salah yeah. is just being Mo Salah. So I, as good as he is, I mean, he might be up there in the greatest Liverpool players of all time. Actually, I would say he is. He might be up there in greatest Premier League players of all time. And it's just maybe it's just because that's what he does and that's how good he is that I went for Alice. So, Well, I went for the other guy you mentioned, Mo Salah, because he is just doing Mo Salah things. <laughs> Second top goal scorer in the league, 12. And guess what? Also tied for most assists in the league. Seven. The guy is scoring, yeah. he's assisting. If Liverpool did not have him in their team, they wouldn't score. Yeah. 
Both these guys, I think they're probably not even in a European place. I'll say that. I know you're part of the goalkeeper union, so I, I understand why you did Allison. And I had to shout out Mo Salah, man, because you're right. He does this every year, puts up amazing numbers, and doesn't quite, I think, get the love he almost deserves as yep. being one of the greatest I mean, Premier League players ever. We saw it in the Ballon d'Or voting. What was he, like, almost 20th? Or not even in the top 10 at the very minimum there. Yeah. So, And he deserves to be top five, six in the world every single, single season. But again, guys, let us know on our Facebook, who's your Premier League player of the season so far? Let us know. All right, Targo. Let's get into, we did, you know, our team of the season so far. We did our player of the season so far. What about, who has surprised you this season? Most, biggest surprise team and player of the season so far. So it's probably not what you think it's going to be. It's going to be for teams who have pretty much shit the bed. And that's United and Chelsea, man. I mean, they have surprised me the most. They are surprising. Surprisingly They're surprisingly bad. terrible. <laughs> United finished third last season, right? Third, won yeah. the Carabao Cup, made it to the FA Cup final. And they're playing so bad. They're so much worse. They're in seventh currently. But it's the way they're playing, man. It's these performances. It's, it's Is it Ten Hag? There's just so much going on at the club that it's just surprisingly terrible. And then Chelsea. Yeah. We both thought Chelsea, okay. This young team, Poch coming in. Top four, potential finish. But wow, were we wrong? They're sitting 10th. <laughs> And I would say not a chance in hell that they'll finish fourth at this point. Potch at this point looks like a He's on the double agent for Spurs. Yeah. <laughs> right. And so, yeah, that was surprising for me how awful they've been. I will mention, I guess, one team that's kind of surprised me how well they've been playing, and that's Everton. Yeah. I mean, without the 10 point deduction, I mean, they're ahead they're of mid table, top safely. Top after the table. So, Above yeah. Chelsea. Yeah, they'd be in tenth. So, which is that, that? That's a big jump considering how they were last year. How they were, especially how they were playing. Oh yeah. So I think that's that's the biggest thing is how they're playing this season under Sean Dyche, and he's got some good youngsters coming up through that Everton team. So th- they've we'll, been a surprise for me. And we'll get to those a little bit later. But yeah, I mean they've been a shock of how good they've been despite ten point reduction. How about you? Who do you got? As a surprise player yeah, team. Mean, should be no shock to anybody, but I mean, I did pick them to be in my top four. It's Aston Villa. I mean, come on. Yes, I predicted them to be in the top four, but did I actually believe that? Probably not. <laughs> I'm just shocked at how well they're doing. I mean, they beat Man City and Arsenal in back-to-back games. And then they and lose I, to Manchester United at Old Trafford. Ouch. Yeah, well, at least they were Such is the nil. Premier League. Yeah. They just, at this point, I mean, I was watching the game and was texting my buddy who's a United fan. I'm like, Villa just looked tired, man. And then you saw United start building the game, and it was the youngsters for United who took over. So, yeah, Villa, man, they're doing fantastic. Going forward, they're so fun to watch right now. I mean, even defensively with that high line, they're fun to watch. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're the second highest goal scorers in the Premier League right now. It's baffling to me. And the what is that? A fourth best defense. So 
Yeah, they're fan- they've been fantastic. They're fun to watch. They have a new fan in me, except for when they beat Arsenal. So, but good for them. How about player that has surprised you the most? It's hard so, to pick. It's I'm I'm just gonna rattle off bad. a few. I'm just gonna rattle off a few. Honestly, Ollie Watkins. I know he finished last season strong, but he has started very strong as well. Um, Pedro Neto, man, for Wolves. Yeah, he's been out since what October? October twenty eighth. Still joint highest assister in the Premier League. Yeah, hasn't played for two months. Yeah, he's he was playing fantastic. He was. I mean, Wolves, Wolves have done a good job since he got injured, but yeah. And then honestly, Dominic Sabosalai, how he took the Premier League, just ground running man. Usually it takes players a little bit of time to get used to the pace. He's looked pretty good. He's had a couple iffy moments, I will say. That Arsenal game was not his best. But otherwise, he's looked pretty good. And then honestly, just how terrible Marcus Rashford has been, man. Two goals, two assists. He is a shadow of himself last season when he scored 17 goals and had five assists. Like, is this the same player? Like, how can it go so terribly wrong? Well, I mean, if you think about last season, too, it was about this time he had, I think, around the same amount of goals. And then he went on a streak of scoring in, what, like 10 goals in a, 10 well, games in a row? It was the World Cup, I think. Yeah. So I think that's what did it, was he had that World Cup break. And then when he came back, yes, he did well. But does it look like he's going to turn it around with the way no. he's playing? Ten Hag is benching him for starters, yeah. which he should be because he's been playing so bad. Well, I mean, you think of how well Garnacho's been playing on the left, too. Why would you start him at this point? I wouldn't. (laughs) I wouldn't. But yeah, so those are a couple players that, for good or bad, have surprised me. Yeah, uh, I mean, I agree with all of those. So, as far as me, I'm going to go with Dominic Solanke, man. Oh, huge surprise, man. The guy's got 12 goals already. Form of his life. Season. He had had seven for his highest total in any season prior. And he's been the driving force of why Bournemouth has had their miraculous turnaround and have jumped all the way up to 12th in the table. And with the way they're playing, I wouldn't be surprised if they jumped up in the top half here soon. Yeah, you, you could be onto something there. They they were they were struggling the first nine games or so, but since then, Iriola has uh, Bournemouth playing very very well. Very well. Well, as always, who's been your guys' surprise team and surprise player of the season? Make sure to let us know on Facebook, our Facebook group, or our YouTube channel. Make sure to hit that notification bell and subscribe to that good or bad too surprise good or bad yeah and there's a lot there's a lot in both directions so speaking of let's get into our players to watch for this upcoming year i know we had a bunch last season players like alejandro garnacho was taking the world by storm uh kiro matoma was one great one i know you had a couple that have really taken off uh michael elise Brice eze Trying to think of the other ones we had because we had a whole list and I don't remember now. (laughs) 
this was a year ago, man. I know there was, uh, I forget his name, the, the 15, 16-year-old playing for AC Milan, who has now already made his first team debut. Yep, you mentioned him. Most truly. Yep, good job on that one, bud. So, with those high highs and uh, the bar we have set for ourselves. <laughs> can only go down from and, here. <laughs> can we do it again, Targo, for this next upcoming calendar year? <clears throat> you go ahead and go first. You give me your first one. So I've mentioned him quite a bit. It's Luca Culiosho, Burnley player, 19-year-old winger. American, Italian. We'll see who he decides to play for. He's actually born in Connecticut hmm. here in the States, but could play for Italy as well. Currently out injured, but man, Burnley are disappointing, but he is the one kind of bright spot on that wing going forward. Looks to get at players. I think he could definitely be one that should be sticking in the Premier League. That's for sure. He's very fun to watch, I will say. And, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see which national team he picks because I know the U.S. national team could definitely use a player of his caliber. Don't think Italy could really use a player of his caliber at this moment. But time will tell. All right, give me one of yours. You know, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go a little off the beaten path for my first one, and I'll save the ones that everybody already knows for later. So okay. I'm gonna go with Matthias Franca for Crystal Palace. I know he's only played in a couple of games. He's only 19, and they just signed him in the summer for Brazil. Crystal Palace has got a gem on their hands, man. He is fast. He likes to take players on. He reminds me a lot of Gabriel Martinelli when okay. he first came to Arsenal. So I'm excited to see what he does in the new year, especially if he can, you know, lock down that left flank. You get Elise on the right, you get Eze in the middle. If they can find a striker that could, could consistently put the ball in the net, maybe Palace shoot up the table. We'll see. They got to stop leaking goals first, but that's a different story. <laughs> so... That's that's going to be my my big prediction for this players to watch in the upcoming year. Okay. Well, I'll mention one that I uh, recently watched here in a Champions League game for Man City. Micah Hamilton. That game against Red Star, man, he looked good. He was fun to watch running at players. He got a goal in that game. I think he even got a PK, drew a PK in that mm-hmm. one. Yep. So Man City might have a little gem there. Yeah, I mean, for the longest time, I didn't even think they had an academy. They just kept buying <laughs> players. But now they've got players coming through. Um, they oh, the- they got players coming through, man. Rico Lewis, Cole Palmer, Oscar Bob. That, that was it. Uh, I mean, Phil Foden. Foden, there Michael you go. Hamilton. They got a couple coming out. But, I mean, just saying, for a while, besides Phil Foden, I didn't think they had an academy. So... <laughs> All right, my next one, I'm going to go with Yusuf Chermiti for Everton. Oh, that's a good shout, man. Yeah, since Onana got hurt, I mean, he's 19 years old. He's been playing more than expected, signing from sporting in the summer. Been a revelation for them in the middle of the park. Decore's got newfound freedom going forward because of it. However, Everton have quite a few youngsters we could shout out on this one. I know you had a couple in here. I did, man. I did want to have to at least shout out a couple of them. 
Um, James Garner, 22-year-old in that midfield, and then the 21-year-old center back, Jared Braithwaite. I was going to go with Braithwaite as well. He's been a breath of fresh air. Big clubs are looking at him already. Yeah, Yeah. and he hasn't even played a full season for him yet. So, yeah, I mean, it's a great shout-out as far as Braithwaite and Garner, as well as Tremiti. Yeah, dude, that was a good shout. I would have completely forgot about him, but I remember watching him play in the earlier games. That's when he was really getting a lot of playing time. And yeah, he looked real good. Exciting, quick, like to get at defenders. Well, Everton signed him too because they thought Onana was going to go in the summer. So now they have both of them. Good for them. (laughs) All right. All right, another one, man. I, I'll, I'll mention a couple here. Just Cameron Archer, 22-year-old forward for Sheffield United. Um, he was at Aston Villa last season, or technically at Aston Villa, but he was on loan at Middlesbrough in the championship. But in the championship last season, he had 11 goals and 6 assists in 22 appearances. Yeah. And Quality, I, man. Quality. And he had a screamer against Wolves. I don't even remember. Oh, if- yeah. When Sheffield oh, yeah. beat Wolves, that was him. Had the... Mm-hmm. And I'll be honest with you, besides Ollie McBurney, he might be Sheffield United's best player right now. Uh, McAtee, I would also say, is a yeah. decent player there. But top three, nonetheless. And then I'll give a shout-out to uh, Jack Hinchelwood for Brighton, 18-year-old defender. Yeah, I got another goal against Spurs. <laughs> yes, go. he did. Made my little pick of putting him on there look good. Yeah, he did. Backed it up. Brighton have a lot of Bueno Note, though, yeah. over there. And CISO, Waiting for Julio and CISO to come back. Yeah. So, I mean, Brighton's just a hub of young talent. So, yeah, we could just put the whole Brighton squad on there. <laughs> Except for Soli, Marsh, Pascal Gross, and Lewis Duck. Where there are three old men. Billy Gilmore. Yeah. Well, he's still young, Danny too. Welbeck. <laughs> oh, there you go. James Milner, oh. the oldest yeah, of them all. There you go. There you go. <laughs> All right, and then I got two, but everybody pretty much knows about him by this point. Kobe Mainu for Man United. I mean, he's put Casemiro out of the squad. Let's just say that. Whether should that's put Casemiro, Casemiro out of the squad, yes. Yeah, uh, w- whether that's Casemiro showing his age finally or Kobe Mainu just being that good. Um, he's transformed both. that United midfield. I think it's both. Yeah. And then Lewis Miley for Newcastle. I mean, unfortunate circumstances which gave him his debut, but he, I mean, he's 17 years old. Isn't that how it always seems to happen, though? Yeah. Like all these, even Arsenal or all these clubs, mm-hmm. well, I mean, look injuries at start to stack up, and you, then you have to pull a, a, youngster. a youngster and they and then, perform. Mm-hmm. I love it when the, I like, I hate to see the injuries, but I love to see the I'd young players see come the through. Come in. Yeah, they're so fun to watch. And Lewis Miley's got his name on the score sheet a couple times already. He looks fantastic. Wait, 17 or 18? How old is he? I can't remember. He's 17. 17. Ridiculous, man. Yeah. 17 playing in the Premier League for Newcastle. Yeah. and they Playing in the Champions League against PSG and AC Milan. So, yeah. I mean, those are our list. Is there anybody we missed, guys? Shout us out. Let us know. Yeah, let us know who to keep an eye out for. We appreciate that. Definitely. Let's look at the challengers for the title, man. Kind of the top four, I guess we'll do. 
Yeah. Well, look at Arsenal, I mean, Man City, can, Liverpool, Villa. Villa. Title challengers. Yeah, I mean Spurs were currently for a they long are time there. They're they're sitting you know one point back of City right now. So you do have a game in hand, but and even West Ham, they're creeping up there. So as far what? as the challengers, you would expect the top four teams, at least three of them, to make a, a challenge. So let's get into them. I mean, we got first place Liverpool, forty-two points. Arsenal in second on forty. Villa in third at thirty-nine, and City with a game in hand on thirty-seven points, to round out the top four. So. Um, alphabetical order, shall we? Let's start with uh, the greatest team on earth. <laughs> okay, Arsenal. Arsenal. Are playing like the greatest team on earth right now. They are um, not. One win in four to end the, the calendar year. At the time of me writing this, they had the best defense in the Premier League. Now it's Liverpool. So, yeah. I have a question for you, Targo. Are they What's your better question? than they were last season? Oh, that, so I've actually heard this question already before in like ESPN or something. Yep. yep. And it's like Arsenal are a better team, but aren't playing as good as last season. Is how I've how they've described it. If you can cut the field in half, maybe. Because that's kind of how I feel. Is defensively they've been better. You get a player like Declan Rice, that makes you better. Mm-hmm. But offensively, going forward, players are not playing better. Gabriel Martinelli looks like a shadow of himself compared to last season. Gabriel Jesus is still getting hurt, popping up with the odd goal. Saka, for as good as he's doing, I would say he's not playing as good as he was last season. Yeah, and I would say a lot of that has to do with, especially Martinelli as well, it's teams have figured out how to play against them. Double teaming them the moment they get the ball, not letting them dribble at them. Last season, teams let him do that. So, same with Zinchenko looked better last season. Much. He was a driving force behind the team last season. The goalkeeper situation at Arsenal is not looking as good as it was last season. And so, are they a better team? Potentially on paper, yeah. On the pitch. Are they playing better? The eye test? The eye test, defensively, maybe. Offensively, no. 100% no. They're not. That's obvious. But what I can say about them is they look like they have another gear they could go into, which is promising for us Arsenal fans. But whether they get there or not, I don't know. If they want to win the Premier League, they have to get there. Otherwise, they're going to finish second, third, fourth. Yeah. I mean, I bet I get, you know, we both agree that they are definitely going to make Champions League. Yes. They'll make that next year. They've been playing well in said Champions League. I know they have couple of injuries um, and, you know, suspensions for the West Ham game didn't help them. Kai Havertz is starting to come into his own. Is he Granite Jaka? Not by any means at all. I think Granite Jaka at this point, so far what we've seen from Kai Havertz is probably twice the player Kai Havertz is. <sighs> Going forward, yeah, teams have figured out Arsenal. They just figured him out how to play against them, how to counter them, where they're weak. I mean, every team just goes right down that right side when Zinchenko is tucked in, and all of a sudden they're on a breakaway. And again, um, Odegaard isn't playing, I would say, in the same position that he was last year, where he was super effective, scoring goals, assisting goals. A lot less freedom, it seems like. He seems to just wander to the right side and not to the left at all. 
He does. Uh, Declan Rice has been a breath of fresh air. Yeah, I will say that. He's probably but their the best player. The problem is Thomas Partey's been hurt all season, and last season he played the majority of the games, and he was fantastic. Well, I don't know, man. When he was healthy, he was playing right back. Again, I was getting to that. It is, it's if he's going to play in the midfield. I don't know. I would love to see Partey, Rice, and Odegaard and give Odegaard more freedom. But you can't because Partey's been hurt all can't see season. Now. I mean, we would have loved to see Urien Timber play most of the season. And now Partey's about out. to go to Africa Cup of Nations. <laughs> and he just started training again. Uh, Urien Timber, he's been hurt all season. He has. He's, he's been a mess for sure. back until end of March at the earliest. So you are lacking depth on defense. Tomiyasu's been hurt a lot, and he's been playing left back, and he's more consistent than Zinchenko. I would argue he hasn't been hurt a lot. He's hurt currently. Currently. But he, he does have his injury issues. He yeah. seems to miss some games every year, yeah. So with the injuries, yes, Arsenal have a deep enough squad to make up for it, but the players coming in, I mean, if you look at what happens if soccer gets hurt, you're putting in Reese Nelson. Fabio Vieira, maybe. Camille Smith-Rowe. Doesn't breed confidence, does it? <laughs> no. Smith-Rowe can't buy a game, and if he had playing consistently, I would have confidence in that. But no. On the left, you got Leandro Trossard, who, I mean, with the way that he's been playing versus the way Martinelli's been playing, I would argue Martinelli should be on the bench. I would agree with that argument. <laughs> so, uh, I, I mean, again, Arsenal are a deeper squad than they were last season. On paper, they are a better squad. They look like they probably have one or two more gears to get into. I mean, we saw it against Sevilla in the Champions League where they just absolutely thrashed them. I would say you saw it against Brighton, too, here recently. It's just they cannot finish chances, man. I don't know if it's Gabriel Jesus, but I love how much he brings to the squad other than scoring goals. So that's why that's his job, man, to score goals. He's the striker. And you, then Martin Ellis. He talked about shit on Erling Holland because all he does is score goals and doesn't do the other stuff, but that's what they're supposed to do. Yeah. So, again, I don't know. Do you bring in Eddie Ketia? But when he's on the pitch, he is frustrating because no, he don't bring goals, in any, doesn't do Ketia. the rest of the stuff. <laughs> if, Arsenal, the rest of stuff. if Arsenal want to compete for Champions League, Premier League, they're going to have to upgrade their striker. I mean, that's. Yeah. Oh, I agree 100%. Um, I mean, they need a, another center back another midfielder, and a different striker. I would argue even a right winger. To back up Saka, yeah, I would say so. Unless some miraculously Smith-Rowe can stay healthy to back him up. Reese Nelson gets spectacular here. Good luck. Um, Anyways, that's enough talk about our beloved Arsenal. Let's go to Aston Villa, because we are going in alphabetical order, not in order of them in the table. Aston Villa, man. Unai Emery for manager of the season? Half point way, sure. He gets my vote, man. Either if him you or... just do this calendar year, Aston Villa, I think, are tied for the most points. I, this Premier calendar League. year, for sure, since he took over. I mean, they were in the yeah. drop zone. And now, look at him. So, yeah, I mean, Ollie Watkins, John McGinn, David Luiz... How Torres all been revelations. Douglas Louise. That's what I said. Oh, no. You're right. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. 
Look at Digne, Emmy Martinez. I mean, just name the whole squad, man. They look. Yeah. Lucid Diaby. I mean, yeah. But yeah, Villa, they look fantastic, man. It's kind of a brush of fresh air to see them up there. I mean, they're in third at the time of this recording. Do they last in this title race? If I was a betting man, I would say probably not. We'll see how long they can keep it going, but I love to see it. Yeah, for me, I think of them as title challengers not because they have the squad to tap to challenge for the title, but it's because everybody else has been that inconsistent this season. Oh, 100%, man. Every team is, I mean, Man City, Liverpool, Arsenal, all of them yeah. are. All of them. Like, we're kind of waiting for this one team to kind of grab the season by the, you know, the throat mm-hmm. and start, bam, busting it out. And but we, no one is. We no one's taking advantage of it, except we for maybe Aston that. Villa. Yeah, we thought about that when Leicester won the league. Like, okay, Arsenal's going to do it. Tottenham's going to do it. City's going to do it. Some team is going to just take hold of this title challenge and make it their own. And they're not. And Villa is just hanging around the top, just like Leicester were. And all of a sudden, Leicester just kept separating themselves because they were the most consistent team. And then all of a sudden, they won the league. So I'm not going to do that again where I'm dismissing teams that are in the top four at the halfway point of the season because that has proven me wrong before. So Aston Villa is breath fresh air. They're fantastic. Unai Emery has been the best coach in the Premier League this season, especially with the squad he has. So I would love to see them stay there and Prove me right because Manchester United has already proven me right with picking them in seventh place. So, all right, next up, Liverpool. Took me a second to think of did L come before M? LMNOP, man. Yep. <laughs> Liverpool. Phenomenal attack, sputters at times, limp over the line in matches, but somehow are still first in Premier League. So, I would argue phenomenal attack. I would say Mo Salah is their phenomenal attack. Luis Diaz has been good this season. Diogo Jota is good when he's healthy. Darwin Nunez has the potential to be the best striker in the Premier League, but he cannot finish to save his life. So So you kind of said it right there. Diogo Jota, good when he's healthy. Luis Diaz, bro's got three goals. Yeah, I would not say that's very... Good season for Luis Diaz. He's not playing the best, I would say. I mean, which is, I mean, not, let's be honest. That's expected when he's had his personal issues that have been going on in his life. Yeah. Darwin Nunez misses like no other. You can go watch an hour-long highlight video of all of his misses. Cody As Gakpo? referred to at the beginning of this episode. What's Cody Gakpo done, bud? I wasn't even considering him because of what he hasn't done. Exactly. So it's Mo Salah. Mo Salah yep. is Liverpool's attack. Well, I, I would say Mo Salah, Dominic Sabotsloy, Mo Salah, Trent Alexander-Arnold. That, that's their attack. Exactly. Their midfield looks all right. With yeah. Endo looks like a solid signing. Um, I would say you want, probably want to get Endo out of there and put McAllister back in when he's healthy. But yeah, I mean, they got yeah. Zolozolai, Curtis Jones, Harvey Elliott. That. Harvey Elliott's been a Gravenberch, Ryan Gravenberch. Graven Birch has taken that, you know, other side of the midfield from and run with it. I don't I mean, with Graven Birch the way he's been playing and Harvey Elliott. I don't see how McAllister gets back into this side. Oh, he'll get in for sure. I, I, I think one hundred percent. He will. And again, the defense you have Virgil Van Dyke, fantastic. Alexander Andy Robertson's out injured. Samikas yeah. has been back there. He's played well. I will say 
Um, against Arsenal. Center back Konate Kwanzaa because Joel Matip's out for the rest of the season with an ACL. Right back, say- you got Trent who or Joe Gomez because Trent's been going into midfield. It seems like mm-hmm. Joe Gomez is going in right back. I worry for Liverpool when Mo Salah leaves for Africa Cup of Nations. Yep, we will. Really I really do. Their medal. We will see that, and it's going to be a month without Mo Salah. So I, I worry about Liverpool for that month, but at the same time, I also worry about them again going forward and maybe defensively. If Darwin Nunez can start banging in these goals, if Luis Diaz can find form, then yes, I think they will be fantastic. But at the way they're going, I I don't see them as title winners. I know they're in first, which yeah, the but I, I, I don't that. see it happening. The way they're currently playing. And then let's get into the team that's always there. The team that's won three in a row going for four. And have won every trophy under the sun in the past calendar year. Manchester City. They just don't go away. Even at their, as they've been inconsistent at best. And sometimes playing downright cocky this season. Kevin De Bruyne coming back. They're the best team in the world with 14 matches left. And you know what? That's only five matches away. Are they still a lock to win the title with everybody being so inconsistent? Around I would them? say they're favorites. Yeah. <laughs> like if I had to give a percentage, I would say it's probably, I don't know, 60% City and then 20% Liverpool, 20% Arsenal. I don't know if I would go that far, but it's definitely over 50%. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yes, Kevin De Bruyne is coming back. We've seen it in years past, the tear they go on come the end of the season, man. They'll, they won't lose. They will win 17 games in a row. They will. I know. And it's, I hate to see it. It sucks as a not Man City fan, but. Yeah. Uh, the one thing I will say, though, is that their midfield isn't as good. Like, who's that third player? You got Rodri, you got De Bruyne. Who's that third player that's going to lock down that spot? Because Bernardo Silva's been playing, I don't know, is he playing center mid? Is he playing out wide? It's not consistent. Is Jack Grealish going to play on the outside? Is Jeremy Doku? Is Phil Foden? Who's going to nail down that spot? And then when Erling Holland's hurt again, like he has been, Who's going to score the goals? I mean, obviously, they're going to spread it around, but they, when he is playing without Kevin De Bruyne, they looked a little devoid of creativity. Phil Foden's kind of currently been playing in that KDB role, and yeah. doesn't look terrible at good. times. Yeah. He's, he's a fantastic player, Phil Foden, but he's not Kevin De Bruyne. <laughs> no yeah. one is Kevin De Bruyne. <laughs> And then what what happens in January if, you know, some Saudi Arabian team comes in with a big bid? Kevin De Bruyne is looking for one last big payday. I think he finishes out the season. I mean, what happens, though? Because you know it's going to happen. I mean, the same thing could be said about Mo Salah. Yeah, well, we know that's going to happen because it happened at the end of the summer transfer window. And they're not going to stop. I don't think it does. If it does happen... Man City have the riches to go out to buy whoever they want, man. Yeah. We'll see. Either way, I think you're right. I, they they definitely are the favorites, especially with how inconsistent everybody's been in this festive period. And City has played one game. 
Everybody else has played two or three. So And so if City continue playing like this, and like I said, if an Arsenal or a Liverpool can Villa even grab and start going on that streak potentially, but no team is doing that. Yeah. And I City think... have proven to do that in the past. Yeah, and it'll be the team that, you know, gets the most points from the teams in the bottom half of the table and who gets the most points from the teams in the title challenge. Because right now, I mean, Villa's got the most points out of all of them against each other. As where Arsenal has beaten City, lost to Villa, and tied Liverpool. So, we'll see how that goes. So let's get into our transfer predictions to where who is going to change the outlook of this title race or who's going to elevate themselves into possibly getting into Europe or out of the relegation strap. So Targo, let's go one at a time. You go ahead. Give me a transfer prediction. I think Newcastle signed a goalkeeper, man. But who? There I don't want to say De Gea. Around I think De Gea needs to lower agent. his wages, but I think he'd be fantastic for Newcastle. It's very similar mold of Nick Pope. Or maybe an Aaron Ramsdale. Mm, that's a shout. But they, they need a goalkeeper of Nick Pope out. Yeah, so yeah. That, that's one I have. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go, because of their poor recruitment in midfield, City by another midfielder. Another Nunes midfielder obviously huh? isn't doing it. Calvin Phillips isn't doing it, and Kovacic isn't doing it because they're playing wingers as center midfielders right now. I think they need a left back. I mean, they need that too, yes, but I think they'll buy a midfielder before they buy a left back. Okay. Well, I think United go for a defender or a striker. Okay. I'm going to go opposite of that, and I don't think they're going to buy anybody. I know there's probably some strict uh, FFP rules going about. Yeah. But they need goals, and they need them bad. Yes, they do. They need them they've, real bad. They've been linked with that. I think it's a sporting striker. A sporting Lisbon striker. Defensively, I mean, look at their defense. Their center, their center backs, I mean, man. Johnny Evans has been their most consistent center back this season. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So they signed off practicing with them during the summer i just i'm gonna leave it there okay (laughs) too easy i'm gonna go chelsea spend 100 million or let's go 80 to 100 million on a striker in january i think they buy some young youngster no one's heard of for 10 15 mil he goes out on loan he plays like four games we never hear from him again because of FFP, I, mean, they, I don't think they're doing they, that a lot, but a they, lot they, more than ten to fifteen mil. They spent a billion dollars, man. They can't yeah. afford to buy anything with FFP. Yeah, well, I mean, they spread it out over you know eight to ten years with a lot of these contracts. That has been banned. They can no longer do that. They can no longer do that, but it counts for all the players they have already signed. So that allows them to have another hundred mil. They can spread it over five years, and it's only twenty mil each year. So. I think they will, and I mean, it's looking like if Arsenal don't buy Ivan Tony, Chelsea will. Doubt it. I, again, that's what it's looking like, according to rumors and Fabrizio Romano. Again, whether it happens or not is always a different story. 
I'm going to say Arsenal go for a defender. Okay. They've been linked with a couple. Matthias De Ligt from Bayern Munich. Yeah. Uh, young Ajax defender, uh, Jorol Hato. And they could use a little reinforcement back there with some of their injuries they've got. Tamayasu out. Uh, Timber out. So they could... They could use something, I think, back yeah. there. I mean, they're going to need somebody because if Gabriel gets hurt, yeah, they got Jakob Kivior, and he's an adequate replacement. He's nowhere near as good as Gabriel, and they have no direct replacement from their best center back in William Sleep. I think they should also go for a midfielder and a honestly a right winger, but yeah, well, and a I'm guessing a majority of that will be bought in the summer. Yeah, um, I'm going to go with. Arsenal sign Ivan Tony, or he stays where he's at. Not go to Chelsea. I think he stays where he's at. I it's possible. I think Arsenal will try to get the cost down to about sixty mil or a loan with an obligation to buy in the summer, so that way they can get around financial fair play. But I these link. It's the same as Gabriel Jesus. It's the same as Declan Rice. It's the same as. Uh, Zinchenko, like where Arsenal have these transfer rumors around a player that go for months and months and months and months and then they sign it and everyone's shocked. It seems to happen every single time with every player they've signed except for Jakob Kivior and probably Tomiyasu. Trossard. Trossard, which all came out of nowhere. But I just, I have a feeling I don't know what it is that Ivan Tony is just that missing link. Because he's like Devin Ryan different... too came out of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, and they have a good relationship with Brentford, apparently. I don't understand why. Because it's Brentford, London Club. Anyways, I just I have a feeling. I it could be hundred percent wrong. I just think Ivan Tony wants to go to Arsenal. He does not want to go to Chelsea because he wants to play in the Champions League. And Chelsea won't be able to do that for at least two years. Okay. So well, what else? Whether he got? it's a loan with an obligation to buy, with installments spread out amongst years, I don't know what it is, but he's the complete opposite of Gabriel Jesus. And I, I don't see it, man. I, yeah, yeah, I would love to see it, but I don't think it happens. I would too. It's a feeling. Again, we've both been wrong and right about these things. This is probably one I'm wrong about, <laughs> but I'm going to put it out there in the universe. Well, what's one you think you're right on? Uh, I'm going to go with. I think the most likely is Chelsea spend a hundred million on a player, <laughs> probably a striker, and it's probably going to be a youngster no one's ever heard about. Let's go with that. <laughs> what about Liverpool, you think Liverpool go for a striker? They probably need something with Mo Salah scoring order goals. They do. I just, I think you're right. They need a defender more than they need a striker. I think they do need a defender with Matt Tip Diogo, out, Robertson out, Diogo Jota to stay healthy, and Darwin Nunez to start actually putting the ball into the net. Because I'm pretty sure if he just ran through the ball, he would score more. He needs to act like the whatever 85 million signing he is. Yeah. 85, 92, somewhere in there. Whatever it is. 70, yeah, something like that. A lot. Okay. Let's get into our end of the season predictions, Targo. We're going to start with the relegation battle. So right now, relegation battle is, I mean, it's, Heating up to get a little closer than it looked like it was going to be with Sheffield United, Burnley, and Luton starting to pick up some points. Makes it however, interesting, don't it? However, and you got 10-point deducted Everton, who have been climbing out of the relegation zone. 
You got Nottingham Forest, who have been absolute dog crap this season. Crystal Palace, where it looks like Roy Hodgson will either win his next game or get fired. Brentford is hovering around there. However, they will get Ivan Tony back unless someone buys him. And Fulham is right around there. That's 13th to 20th. That are literally 11 points, 12 points apart. Well, I think Fulham. Who's going to be safe? Fulham are fine. Going to go down. I think Fulham are fine for sure. I guess I'll give you my uh, bottom five. So I think Sheffield. Well, they we can both agree. On curtains, that. lights out. I sorry, even, I won't even go through mine and say that. I think I agree. That I think they're cellar dwellers. They're going to be the first ones relegated. Burnley. Again, I'm going to agree with you because they've been terrible. And then from here on out is where ours differ. But those two, I think, are going to easily be relegated because they don't look any better and they don't look like they will improve at all. And then the other team to get relegated, I think might be Forrest, man. Like, drum roll. Without Owen Yee, they're yeah. just not good. Yeah, I they, they signed so many players. Fired Steve Cooper. They brought in Nuno. Yeah. Won his first game. Give him credit for that. Game. That's the new manager bounce, though. So I need to see like their first five with them and see how they actually do. Um, let's see. I don't know who their next games are against, but I know the United. United, Brentford, Brentford and Arsenal, then Arsenal. Bournemouth, Newcastle, West Ham, Villa, Liverpool. Brighton. Those are their next games all the way into March. So realistically, I mean, of those games, I, they probably three. Win. Really? Mm-hmm. They lose to Bournemouth. They might beat Brentford. Might beat United. I think that's it. They beat Arsenal last season, so I don't want to say no. <laughs> Put that omen out that. there. But I'm just saying, like, they have a very tough schedule coming up. They do. And not until literally March 16th when they play Luton is it going to get any better for them. So that's why I have them getting relegated. And I have Luton, man, surviving in 17th place. I could have predicted that. You know I'm still riding high on Luton. I know they're (laughs) currently in the the relegation zone, but they got a a game in hand. They could get out. But it's the way they're playing at Kenilworth Road, man. That is how they're going to stay in this league from playing at home. They're playing good there. Not Gave only Arsenal and good. Man City a run yes. for their money. Liverpool as well. Don't Liverpool took a point. Yeah. Took a point from Liverpool. Yeah. Probably should have beat them. So, yeah, I mean, you're onto something there. I just think with Nuno at the helm and the way Forrest, the way that their players are set up to play, as we saw earlier in the season, I just I think they'll survive. And I have them. Here- Here's what I'd say about Forrest is I think they definitely have the better players. You know, Anthony Alanga, yeah, Morgan Gibbs, White. With, we've seen that with United and Chelsea. That means jack shit. It does, which is why <laughs> I think they also get relegated. Okay. Um, my num- And then my 16th, I think Crystal Palace, man. Too good. I think this is Roy Hodgson's last bad. season. I think he'll get them barely surviving. They'll yeah. move on from him and try to bring someone in to really get Palace going again. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I guess the one thing we, that we definitely agree on, though, is that Everton will be nowhere near the relegation places by the end of the season. I don't think they will, man. They've, <laughs> they've been playing well. Like I said, they're my surprise team. 
I think they'll definitely be fine. I, I honestly, I almost think they'll get some points back too from that deduction. I don't think it'll be all ten, but I think they'll get they'll get something back because okay. ten is harsh. That's that's a that's a harsh penalty for the crimes they committed. I think if they get points back, I don't think it will be this season. I think it'll be dependent on what happens to Chelsea mostly because City that case will take a long time. Well, they've already said, yeah, the City case won't end till next season. Yeah, it, I mean, it won't even take place start until next season. Yeah. So. Chelsea, on the other hand, I, I'm interested to see what happens with them. Because if they get judged, I mean, they did break the rules they reported themselves, but if they get a 10-point reduction, I mean, they're... In the relegation fight. <laughs> yeah. So, and the way they're playing this season, I would vote Luton gets out of the relegation zone before that. So. Uh, as far as mine goes, yeah, Sheffield United 20th, Burnley 19th. Duh, right? I am going to say Luton Town gets relegated. Barely. Not my Luton, man. I know. I don't want them to. I just think Nuno is that good of a coach. It's such a great I, underdog story, though. That, that's honestly the only reason I want them to I stay know. up. I want to. Just like I would love to see Villa win the league, but I know they're not going to. Luton is more likely to happen where they don't get relegated. But I just think Nuno, being the new hire for Nottingham Forest... The players they have, I think Nuno can ride that ship at least enough to not get them relegated. And then 16th, I have Palace at 16th. I just, I can't, with the players they have, unless all of them get hurt at once, I don't see them falling all the way. Maybe they get into relegation places at one point. I do think 16th through 20th will be a lot closer than it is now. They just be Honestly, I think it'll be that 17th through 20th will be close, and Villa, or not Villa, but Palace will probably be somewhat I think I'll go the other direction. I think 15th to 18th will be really close. So for that last relegation spot, I think Burnley and Sheffield United, they might as well just plan for next season. <laughs> Agreed. All right, well, let's go with the top six then. Who do you have... Winning the Premier League, man. I'm gonna go the opposite direction because that's. Well, start from the bottom. Away. Yeah, start yeah, from uh, everything away off the bat, man. Start number six. six. Tell me well, six. I picked United to play seventh this season, so I'm gonna go against what I had said before when I picked. I think it was Brighton to finish sixth. I think so. I'm gonna go West Ham this season. That's where they're at currently. So okay, yeah. not changing. I love the way that they look going forward. And defensively, they are more sound this season. So, the new signings replacing Declan Rice, love it. Number five, Tottenham Hotspur. Spurs, okay, right yeah. where they're at right currently. Yes, um, I think with the squad they have and the suspensions and injuries they've had, I think what you've seen recently is their actual true colors. Okay. So, I think they'll stay right where they're at. I think they'll be comfortably in fifth like I don't think it'll be a couple of points I think it will be quite a few points I think sixth seventh eighth and ninth will be very close West Ham eventually pulling it out top four those four teams we mentioned earlier how are they going to finish well Aston Villa is going to be in fourth so they move down a place from where they're currently down a place because it will be a gap between them and the top three I have Liverpool finishing third because Mo Salah going to 
African Cup of Nations. And Egypt have been doing well in that tournament. They went to the final last time, which means he's out even longer. And then he'll be tired, and you got to give him a rest. Manchester City finishing second. Oh. first because that was my original prediction, and I have to stick with it. Do I think it it's going to happen? I think your prediction will probably be correct at the end of the season. But just like you with Luton, I got to stick by my gun, man. Yeah, stick, stick with your your gunners. Huh? <laughs> well, I'll get to mine then, man. Sixth, I have Manchester United. I have them moving up a place. They're currently in seventh. It's going to be tight. You think they're going to Ten Hag? I think it'll be tight. I think Ten Hag probably leaves. Okay. I think a new coach comes in. And, again, it's going to be the new owner hiring someone new. Starts to potentially get something going. So I have Manchester United finishing sixth. I have Spurs. Spurs finishing fifth. So right where they're at. Same as you. I have Villa finishing fourth. Same as you. And you called me crazy for putting them in my top four. I did, man. I did. I'll admit I was wrong. I have Liverpool finishing third. Similar reasons. Mo Salah leaving. Again, that attack without Mo Salah just does not excite me. Defensively, they've got injuries. I I also think they desperately need a six. I also think that's something they should look Mm -hmm. at. If not in January, definitely this summer. Second Arsenal, first City. Yeah. I figured as much. Arsenal have not been convincing. They have not, man. They have not been convincing. And I know the City team still has one of their best players to come back. And a couple, like both teams have a couple of extra gears to go to. Will Arsenal hit the heights they did last season? It's looking very unlikely at this point. City? We've seen them do it. It's the difference. We've seen them do it. It's the difference. Every year. Every year. So. So that is. That is our top six predictions, man. You have Arsenal, I have City winning the Premier League. But you guys, let us know what you think on our Facebook Facebook group. Who do you have winning the Premier League? That's it for this episode. We hope you guys enjoyed it. Make sure to leave a comment on our YouTube, like, subscribe. Make sure to check out our Redbubble, get the Bruise and Banter, Banter merch. Get this mug, guys. Drink with us as we drink. Get the stickers. The stickers, that's right. The t-shirts, sweatshirts, hats, whatever your, your heart desires, you can get it. But on that note, we love you guys. Thank you so much for listening, as always. Cheers.